my perspective on this is is actually I'm sure different than almost everyone else's and this is this is mother nature coming for us and uh, we may be able to like sidestep this one or we may be able to like get around or hide from this but there there are too many people living in too poor conditions too close to each other and until we we figure that out this is this will get us or the next one will get us or the next one will get us but mother nature sending a signal here and it's it's not that we're doing things right Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you legendary. Can become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one Your percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. Lisa, Darby, welcome to becoming legendary. Hi, Patrick. <laughs> Hi, Patrick. <laughs> so we are. 40 days in to a shelter-in-place order in the state. Is that true? Pretty close. Pretty close to 40 days in, let's say. Um, interestingly enough, I know both of you are probably busier than ever during this time, which isn't necessarily the experience of everybody out there. But what has a day in your typical shelter-in-place life looked like? Lisa, I'll start with you. I've been wanting to ask you this question for a couple of years now. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I, I have not been sheltering in place that long. <laughs> well, the question minus the, the shelter in question. place. Yeah. So my typical day is right now is not all that different from a regular day. I get up and get ready for work or whatever the day holds and... I have about a 15-minute window of control of my life, and the rest of the day is dealing with whatever comes. So work is busier than ever. Yeah. And you are involved in an essential business. Someone has decided <laughs> that my business is essential. So, yes, I can still go to work every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, Diary, what does your shelter-in-place life look like? <laughs> um, well... I typically wake up around 6.30 or 7. Um, I like to do at least 20 minutes of meditation, um, but usually like after I've been awake for like half an hour, so I'm a little bit awake. Uh, and then uh, maybe eat some breakfast, but usually then just like hop right into work. <laughs> um, working for this company called Sacred Plant Co. <laughs> it's pretty great. We... Uh, we have an online Etsy shop, so we've been busier than ever, just uh, sending out sacred plants and seeds, and it's a good time. So I usually work until around 5.30 or 6 on, on the good days, and uh, after that I like to get outside, take the dogs for a walk or do some yoga by the pool, um, but something a little bit, and then that's about it. And that's, that's, what the, that's what the days look like. <laughs> For the last 30 days. Uh, the last 30 days. What about you? Um, well, my days 
look a lot like Darby's <laughs> with just a little more chaos. <laughs> uh, I wake up earlier and get my little bit of uh, downtime and then jump right into Sacred Plant Co. And then jump right into uh, whatever other <laughs> commitments I have previously made for the day. Um, yeah. There is a remarkable amount going on, I will say. And uh, it's been a really interesting been a really interesting time capsule. Because um, I know that the majority of the world right now is, is looking for things to do. And... I don't think any any of us in this room have created any additional free time. So uh, I, I know I'm looking for more hours to get things done and, and not having a problem finding things that need. Oh, I agree completely in my world. I feel like between the people that I know, there's kind of two extremes that I'm seeing right now. People are using the word bored a lot or people are as busy as they've ever been. Yeah, I think you call out a really interesting thing. Like, we were talking last week, Lisa, where you said that the two camps are either you have too much to do or you just distinctly do not have enough to do. And because there's a significant portion of the population that doesn't really have anything that they can do... um, probably probably worded wrong they don't have the, the their typical obligations um the people that still do have obligations have seemed to take on a, an additional burden of of obligations there seems to be more for the people who are still able to operate um businesses than maybe this is manageable right and that is an interesting it's an interesting dichotomy within the population <sighs> And this is just, it's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting, unique camps that are, that are experiencing the world very differently. Um, coming, coming out of this, coming out of this, um, little time capsule here where either we had too much to do or we didn't have enough to do, or is there anything that you think will be dramatically different in your life? Lisa, I'll start with you again. I'm having trouble predicting what the differences are going to be. I think there'll be some, in my professional life, I I don't think there's going to be a lot of different, uh, a little more technology coming into play. We might see fewer in-person events, meetings, things like that. But we were already kind of moving, kind of use use of technology for meetings and such. But personally, I think we're all going to be live dining out otherwise. What about you? I don't know. Everybody, everybody keeps saying that. Um, I keep hearing about these long-term social distancing strategies, and uh, I think it bums me out more than anything else. That I, I, <laughs> I'm not, sh- I'm not sure that, like, if that's the requirement, if the requirement is you can't ever be around people again, I'm not sure that's a real great strategy (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've been thinking about that probably from the very early 
start of this whole yeah. experience, that that's been really the primary thing that, I, that uh, we're wired, I think, as humans to that close contact, really. Yeah. I heard even yesterday that Disneyland, for example, was considering staying closed and at half capacity with, so just trying to figure out what that looks like and how, how we navigate that. And I feel like there's also, there's like hope that we can all like, okay, so say we can come together again and like reconvene to like the quote unquote normal ways. There's hope that after like time apart that you can come together and like work as a team, like be more appreciative, be more like, you know, cause you had this time like away and you realized like all that you were missing, like all that you had in the first place. Um, but then I feel like equally as plausible as like we we didn't come together. We all sheltered in at home. Like there was hoarding at the grocery stores, and <laughs> you know um, that then when people hole up, then they like stay hold up. <clears throat> yeah, I I think there's so one of the one of the more fascinating things about this experience that that I noted right from the get go was how remarkably different the social interaction was right when it very started right when the hoarding started before there are any requirements or any real restrictions on your ability to move around there's already hoarding going on and how vastly different that was from the last like nationwide impact uh disaster which i i think is probably I think there's a lot of people making the correlation between this and 9-11, right? There's these two, like, dramatic events that take place. And if you remember the time after 9-11, then, like, everyone was really nice to everyone. It was like, oh, we got attacked from the outside. But this was different because people were protecting resources so their neighbors couldn't get resources because they viewed their neighbor as the potential danger. And... That's just not a fun, my, my big takeaway from this is that's not a fun way to live. I feel like this is, is really different than after 9-11. I've heard the comparison too, but my experience has not been even close to the same um, following or, you know, following 9-11 or, or experiencing what we're living through right now. And I agree with you and I feel like there are people feel so threatened and fearful on multiple levels that um, even though the catchphrase about all being in it together and we're all here for you is pretty much everywhere you look, I think at the root of it, this is maybe not the most popular thing to express right now, but I think at the root of it, it's everybody's kind of in it for themselves and fearful and trying to put themselves and their families. Yeah. That, that there's something that just has really felt false about the companies jumping on the we're in this together marketing campaigns. Um, because I, I don't know where that bridge, like I don't, I don't feel the olive leaf being, what, how are we exactly in this together? What what is what is the what is our shared our shared problem here? The shared problem is I'm not able to be as strong a customer as you you used to have, and now now you're trying to lure me back. 
Um, that has been a really weird marketing thing where it's felt like a visceral turnoff for me. The moment I've heard it, it's just been like, oh, ugh. And I'm, I'm wondering if that reaction is uh, out there, if, the, if there are other people feeling that way or if I'm just in the in the minority and we might all agree in this room <laughs> yeah i for sure agree with you I, that's been my experience and it's a daily experience because i'm getting phone calls and emails almost by the hour from people who want my business or my referral that is the that is the the, the tagline that is the only thing they say and and truth truthfully a few of them have come up with some creative ways to offer value and and keep their expectations low trying to just maintain a relationship for the future and and there's a lot of manipulation in the rest of it i don't think we've talked about that at all have you felt any response to those ads yeah because they're it's not it's all of them now it's it's, it's everything you're and it's not just like commercials like you're getting e- like so many emails and like from from everything it's it's I've seen printed material in the mail already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting. It's it's just a very interesting uh, tactic. It, it's almost, to me, too much of a window of insight into companies' willingness to take advantage of tragedy. It's like so, so clear to me in this moment. And it, it may be because I just haven't... Um, taken on the perception of this being a tragedy. And I think that, again, unpopular statement in memory of 17 for, for this <laughs> podcast, but um, my perspective on this is is actually, I'm sure, different than almost everyone else's. And this is, this is Mother Nature coming for us. And uh, we may be able to, like, sidestep this one, or we may be able to, like, get around or hide from this, but... There, there are too many people living in too poor conditions, too close to each other. And uh, until we, we figure that out, this is, this will get us or the next one will get us or the next one will get us. But mother nature sent in a signal here and it's, it's not that we're doing things right. So hiding from this just feels like we're pushing the, kicking the can down the road a little bit. And uh, I hope, I, not with a ton of conviction, but I hope the human population, we can look at making some changes to make lives better. That would be nice. That we have the nice thing that could happen yeah. out of this. That would be great. What do you have in mind? <laughs> I, I think the things that I have in mind um, are just aren't, aren't remarkably acceptable that the reality is we as a as a a species have to populate them the population chart of humans is exponential growth since about 1900 and the the population chart goes directly straight up so you can talk to any statistician in the world when a chart goes straight up it's preparing to come straight back down and there's just no other, there's no other choice for any chart that's going straight up. It, it cannot continue that way. So we have to stop populating the earth with more. That's that's the solution. I mean, 
Um, and it, it happens, right? It doesn't, it, it, we've somehow decided because we have the ability to communicate with one another that we're above the, the capacity for nature to control itself. And we, we actually have taken on this role of controlling nature, right? So you can talk to any hunter out there and they will give you a, a long and in-depth perspective of why hunting is necessary and how it impacts the control of, of animals. And it does for sure. The, the other choice is you don't hunt and then the animals die off on their own and, and you can call that suffering, right? Well, we're the deer now. <laughs> so we're the deer, right? I mean, do we want to have hunters? I would say no. I think that sounds pretty terrible. Like it doesn't sound fun. But then what you're saying about the, the animal populations, if you, if you allow it to get out of hand, the animals suffer. Well, the human population is getting out of hand. Why do we think our result will be anything different? So, I mean, that's your positive message for, for 2020. <laughs> 2020, the year that, that we'll skip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's an interesting perspective, Patrick. I haven't heard that. I haven't thought about that. Well, I hadn't thought about it or heard it until about <laughs> 59 seconds ago. <laughs> so, but I, I think it's pretty fair. I think that it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that we think that other species' results will be different than ours. We live on a giant, complex planet. Finds balance one way or the other. Yeah, we see that in every aspect of, of life every day. Of life every day, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think that there's, I think that there was this, we've gotten to a, a point maybe of stagnation also within this little time frame. I think that in the beginning there was frustration, and then there was maybe some optimism, and then that, that optimism has kind of dwindled a little, a little bit, um, and and people are really ready to get back to living normalcy. And you can see that in the way that the traffic is increased and there are certainly more people out doing things. Um, more things have become essential. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, but as we do, as we do, like, I still have taken this perspective that, that if you listen to people, it doesn't seem like it's really going to be true, but I've taken this perspective that sometime I'm going to get to the life that I was able to live before this experience, right? I don't think there's any life that's normal, but the life that I was able to live before, I could... You're expecting that to, to return to that experience like similar? No, I'm not saying I expect it. I'm saying that in, I'm allowing for my thoughts to have that. And I think a lot of, I think this is probably something where I actually um, have a common perspective because I think a lot of people are really believing that when we, when we lift our shelter in place, things are going to go back to normal. Maybe not the first week, maybe not the second week, maybe not the third week, but a month, two months down the road, everything's going to be. Is that maybe because that's, we, we can't envision what the alternative might look like? Is that maybe just because that's all we, all we know? I, I like find my, like my mind going, I'll be like, oh, well, like 
I can't wait to get back to like this and I like start thinking about that and then I have to like kind of like like I think it's just natural to like just because that that's what we've all known for however long we've been in this existence that was our like experience so it's just to just like have that stop but I think it's comforting to yeah. to look forward to that whether or not that's how it's going to be I think there's so many unknowns there are so many unknowns, and there's probably no more unknowns than there were before. <laughs> no, it's it's back to in one of your maybe one of your favorite topics of you know what we think we know. Yeah, for sure. That's that's our reality, or that's our comfort. Yeah, both. Yeah, I I think that one of the things I've found really fascinating from my perspective is. I've had to, maybe in a way, allow myself to, like, not think about not going back to normal. Um, be normal. I, I, I'm trying not to use that word normal because I don't, I don't really know what that is. Uh, but I really, I just, I, I really feel like I need there to be this opportunity to live a life worth living. How about that? Are there certain things that you might be specifically referring to that that kind of establish your world and what you expect of it, it sounds like? Yeah. I think that, I mean, the things that I think I find and derive the most joy out of are just the little interactions throughout the day. So little interactions with people. Um, and developing those relationships with people within your community that most people don't develop relationships with, but that you can, like, just, I mean, just come to Sprouts one time. It's, <laughs> like, leaving Sprouts, Darby and I go to Sprouts pretty much every day. Sometimes a couple times a day. In the, in the past, a couple times a day, yeah, almost yeah. all the time. But a couple times a day, and when we're there, it's like, we know everybody that works there. Like, six or seven people on the way out of the yeah. store, even now, six or seven people are like, all right, bye guys, see you soon. And that, like, that's the stuff that I, like, really enjoy. That's the stuff that makes my life, that, that provides the spark for my life. And you can just see how, again, the people that are, are in positions of uh, necessity, of essentialness right now, are just getting beat down. So those people don't have, I mean, they're still remarkably nice. They all say they, hello, they all say goodbye. It's yeah. just like they go out of their way to be remarkably nice to us, and that's amazing. But you can also tell they're beat up. I don't want those people to feel like they're beat up. So I, I have a thought or, or question on that. I, do you think it's possible that we, and I'm maybe not speaking for we meaning in the room, but, but we, all, people all around us, we're having expectations out of all of these people that are essential. Um, and, you know, the, the obvious things are, are medical, So, but, but the less obvious are, you know, all the 
the grocery store workers. They're working the longest hours. Amazon people, food delivery, rest, restaurants. Oh my gosh, they're working just as hard yeah. for so much less yeah. uh, reward or results. And But they're navigating the same life that the rest of us are. Yeah. Um, yet they're, I think, being expected to... Uh, you know, be able to do extra when when some of the the rest of people are are shutting down emotionally and then yeah. checking out and yeah. So you know they have to participate at this really high level to to do what's expected of them, and then they still have to kind of mentally come to terms with all the same thing yeah while doing that. Yeah, I think we're definitely expecting too much. Um. The most frequent comment we get in there is just like, thank you so much for being nice. So like, they're all like, it's, it's crazy. Like how, like, I mean, I get excited because I'm like, oh, like, that's my friend. That's my friend who's going to check us out. But like the, like, just like the, like change of expression that they see when they like, they're like, oh my God, a friendly person. Like, you know, not even like a friendly, not even that. It's just like, oh, someone that's not going to like treat me. Like, I don't exist or, like, you know, and it's, yeah, it's just the like, it's I think like, we're all looking at each other and we're judging each other, too. You know, does, does that person think the same way I do? This person's wearing a face mask. This person is not. This person got too close to me. Yeah, yeah for sure. That. So when they see somebody on. like you walking in with just a calm, relaxed smile, friendly, mm-hmm. warm face, you know, familiar, that's just got to. That's just gotta be, and we don't get it. We don't get enough of that right, right now. I just don't think we get enough of that right now. I think I told Patrick a, a week or two ago that I was in a little bit of a rut just because my world was so different and the human interaction was. The calm, relaxed energy thing is really interesting because I think that is definitely something that is missing just sure. in general right now. People are just not calm, not relaxed, and when you're high tension and you're stressed out, you're you're worse as a human. Just yeah. flatline, you're worse as a human. And then when you're when you're near that, it just you just if you're like feeling it a little bit and then you're in a room or a grocery store full of peace people that are also like at that nervous energy or whatever, like it's so easy to like get caught up in it. Yeah. Um, and then you take it home and then it's like that 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 like can almost spread just like like mm. a virus. So. <laughs> oh, that's pretty interesting insight. Yeah. yeah. We're seeing a lot of that. Stress does spread like a virus in a, in a really interesting way. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen as much fear-driven stress in, in my existence, in yeah. my lifetime, as what I'm watching Yeah. right now. And I mean, I've even had a day or two of it myself that I've had to wrestle through. Pretty much got past, but but I see a lot of it at a whole nother level. It, yeah, it is. It's a it's like a additional layer on top of of everything else. On top of everything else, <laughs> it's a weird thing to have going on. It's a very <laughs> weird thing. So if things were uh, if things were normal, if things were that's better, yeah. <laughs> Things were ten weeks ago. What would what would uh, what would the thing you'd be wanting to do, or what is the thing you wish that you would? <laughs> are you are you referring to a, an activity? Anything. 
Yoga. Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you were talking about what is now compared to then, for me, it's for me, it's. What about you? I was thinking about this on the way over here. I think the thing, I think that the, the thing that's probably missing the most for me um, is the capacity be there for people. That's the thing. Is pretty much every day of my life for six years, and that has been that going away, right? That just ability to just be there for people who need you to be there. That being gone has been really interesting. So can I... Uh, yeah, shake it all up. Shake it up a little bit. So I, I've thought about that as it pertains to you quite a bit and, and even more a little earlier in the conversation, uh, just talking about the difference. So yeah, for sure, you um, you're, you have um, been that person under all circumstances, whether you were crazy busy, whether you were crazy stressed, whether your life had all kinds of curveballs going on or not, you uh, are still able to show up every day and do that. So it's got to be quite a shift. Yeah. Quite a shift for sure. And I think that we get back to that role. I'll probably be happier. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, went, I wondered what your thoughts were on that. And that's a pretty motivating thing. That's a... That's what about you? You yoga? Yeah, I don't know. That's it. So it's this has been like a weird me because I my like my life was kind of turned like upside down like six months ago with my head injury. Um, so a lot of the things that I Garby did got hit in the head with a ladder. Yes, <laughs> um, but a lot of the things that I uh, a lot of the things I don't know. It's weird. I like this is what I'm. Like, I go off on these, like, thoughts and, like, all the things that I do. And, well, the things that I did, <laughs> like, I don't know if that makes sense. But it's, like, I climb. I'm a rock climber. And I work at a rock climbing gym. But I haven't done that for, like, six months, even before the the, the virus. So, um, it's just weird. Uh, it's weird, like, they, these are, like, things that would, would and are like different for me not climbing because the gym is closed but then it's like it wasn't necessarily a part of my life it just feels like it was because well you've had you had a big reality switch prior to two reality switches you got the the one everybody else had plus the getting smashed in the head with a ladder reality switch yeah (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so you just had a heads up you just had a heads up and an early warning on what things were going to be like right it re- really, it was like yeah, because since the since the virus, my life hasn't really changed that much. So I just I hang out at home and I lay low. So, but yeah, I'm excited to get back into some yoga classes for sure. You're by yourself, even if you have a video. <laughs> <laughs> so grateful for these yeah. videos, but really ready to be back in the studio. Mm, yeah, there's some power. I think it's likely that. Likely, a lot of people will have completely, they'll completely fall away from a practice, right? Because humans are courageous habits, and when you break those habits, especially for 45 days, you're, you're not going to come back to them. That's that's just a human kind of thing in the human programming. But a lot of people are, uh, you know, right? I've always said yoga is really interesting because you don't need anything. There's a 
floor underneath you, wherever you are, you could always do yoga on whatever surface you're on. But there's something about a studio. And I think this time away from studios has to really be impactful for people just really being tuned in to the importance of the physical shared space that yoga studios are, right? It's not, it's not any specific yoga studio, but yoga studios just become a very specific space and place and they become a energetic embodiment of the people that spend time there. So getting back into those really sacred spaces is, is going to be a good thing. For Hopefully that happens. <laughs> well, it's going to happen. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully there'll be yoga studios around and uh, there'll be people that are allowed to go back into them. Let's keep all of our fingers crossed for that. Yeah. Okay, we're, now we're, we're doing a, a, an interlude intermission because we're about to ask questions. <laughs> All right, I'll just ask. So this is, this is probably my favorite question that you always ask um, your podcasters. Um, what is the closest thing you've felt to magic? And I want you to answer, too. Pizza. <laughs> the closest thing I've uh, it's always the always the same answer for me. The closest thing to magic is uh, Sadhguru. Sadhguru <laughs> uh, is like the I talk about him all the time in the podcast. Um, it's fun watching his presence really dramatically expand over the last couple of years. But I really just the there's so much of me who I credit to, to his teaching. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine um, who I am without those. So that, that guy's magic. I don't know how he <laughs> does it, but he's magic. <laughs> Lisa, what's the closest thing you've ever experienced to magic? I'm not sure. I know I should be prepared for this question because I've heard you ask it for <laughs> two years or something. But um, I don't know that I I don't know that I have a great answer. I would really say, um, as a mom, the process of um, being pregnant and giving birth, I think, is probably the best yeah. thing that I could. I have a question for you, though. Okay, all right. So it's along the lines of Sadhguru, and I I the question is two twofold. Who close? close in your world and maybe more out of reach has impacted your life the most? And I, I'm guessing one of those answers. One Sakuru. of those answers is probably Sakuru. Yeah. Uh, shoot. I don't, I mean, obviously I think it's, it's impossible to become who you are without. Right. So my, my parents have certainly made a huge impact on me, but there has always been something in me that is just uh, not remarkably concerned with what other people think of me. And because of that, I really, I'm, I, make, I make decisions, one, really easily. Um, I think that is a really big blessing, is that I 
when I make a decision, it's like, I believe in that decision and I believe it's the right decision for the moment. Sometimes it works out tremendously and sometimes it doesn't. But I, I really believe that I've made the, my best possible decisions in moments. And when other people think they're terrible decisions, then that's fine. <laughs> um, so I, I know that my parents have had dramatic impact, but I think probably the thing that's had the most impact on me is my, the fact that nobody's really had huge, huge impact on me. But everybody's had little impacts that have been pieces and in, impactful pieces in my life. So it might be goes back to your parents. Do you get that from them at all? I don't know. I mean, I know my dad certainly has had many conversations with me about how I just have always, like, there's a Bruce Springsteen line um, in a song called Growing Up, which is like, when they said stand up, I sat down, and then they flip it, and it's previous to that. He says, when they said sit down, I stood up, right? And my dad just, like, from the time I was three years old, he's like, that's always been you, man. It's like, whatever people tell you to do, you're going to do the other thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know that it was necessarily encouraged. Although I do remember there was one time, one very specific moment, and I've had people ask me like how I became an independent thinker. There's two things I think I can say. One, I was a relatively young kid, like nine to 12 and there was a, a coke commercial on and after it was on i like jokingly said to my dad i was like hey i want a coke and he was like what do you what do you mean you want a coke like don't you want to make your own your own choices you're just gonna let the tv tell you what to do <laughs> and i'm like oh, i'll just try to make a joke but all right i guess i'll take this as a lifelong lesson <laughs> And then, and then uh, Dr. Craig Palmer was a professor in college, and I just happened upon his introduction to anthropology class, right? There was probably like three or five professors that taught that class, and I happened to take his class, and he dramatically changed my understanding of education and my my ability to kind of appreciate learning. So first day of class, right, you get your, your syllabus and your book list and you, you have to buy like, I don't know, a stack of books that's like a foot high, right? And you buy all these books and then he's like, we're going to use one chapter out of each of these books. And you're like, dude, we just spent like $1,500 on books here. What are, what are we doing? And then he's like, and... I'm going to give you these chapters and you're going to go through them and figure out where the author made the mistakes. And my like whole world just like opened up at that moment where I was just like, Oh shoot. We can question everything. Okay. All right. I'm in on this. Let's, let's do some learning. And from that point forward, I mean, I, I, I remember I would go to classes that he taught that I wasn't enrolled in just to, just. I remember one day there was this massive snowstorm and no one made it. They didn't close the, the school down. I don't know why, but 
no one made it to school. And it was me and two other people in this room. And I was not taking the class. And it was a 7 a.m. class. (laughs) And he was like, what are you doing here? And I was just like, bring on the learning, man. That's awesome. Just your style. So I, I probably don't. I think about him a lot, and I think about that moment a lot, and I, I probably don't give him enough credit in to how impactful he's been um, on my desire to to learn and and my realization that just because something's written down doesn't oh yeah <laughs> everyone I've ever come in contact with <laughs> that's good stuff. Do you guys have someone who's like remarkably impactful? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, you for one, uh, lots of, lots of, uh, I mean, endless, endless wisdom from you. I've learned like more in the last like seven eight months that I've known you than that's a lot. That's a long time. But I've, <laughs> I mean, I've learned more about like myself and love and yeah, like in that aspect, uh, definitely more in 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 this span of what like feels like. A long time but it's only been eight months <laughs> um but yeah like uh, i i think i like i i'm like similar in that i like i like having these like small interactions and they're like um they're just like little little interactions with people that go like long ways and so and that's that's kind of i feel like what shapes my my existence lisa yeah well i've been on this earth a little longer than the two of you, so I've had a few more opportunities. I have been blessed my whole life with some pretty uh, amazing people in my life that have left large impact. And, and But when I was really young, I had an aunt who just was like a second family to me, so that was a um, really cool thing in my childhood, and so I learned a lot from her, and just about life outside of, of how I grew up. And so traveling and just experiencing some. And then as a young adult, a really good friend who happens to be a chiropractor does so much and uh, been just a huge support for me for a long, long time. Also contributed to some independent thinking. All right. I think I've always been an independent thinker. I think I was born that way, but uh, he definitely helped nurture some of that and and at current times patrick brennan you're uh you're right way up Shoot. there as well that's not good, <laughs> no, that's that's good. good. <laughs> uh, i think those yeah those like little those little interactions sometimes have just as big of, of impact as those bigger longer interactions with people and that mm-hmm. that i think is really fascinating and it's we just never, like, one left turn instead of a right turn and the whole world's different. It's like one conversation with some person might put this, spark this idea in your head. And because that idea sparked in your head, you walk down this specific path and your whole life is just dramatically different. I think we forget how those little time. I mean, we don't know, I guess is the thing, right? We don't really know what conversation we had that actually had the biggest impact in our lives. A lot of times we don't know. We don't know, but maybe that's just a remind us to, to put everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Because every, man, every interaction. 
And you could the same way, right? You might, your interaction with someone might spark some idea in them that changes the world. Like you have no idea. So yeah, That's I would a say. a lot of responsibility. <laughs> you're responsible for everything. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. That is a whole nother podcast. But that... That I think is a it's a really important thing to remember that you also like it's two ways. The interaction you have with someone might change your life, might change your day, might change your hour, might change your minute, but the interaction that same interaction might change someone else's life, day, week, hour, everyone's life. Probably, nice. probably really important to recognize right now as we're having yeah, these discussions. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that, that positive impact that we all have the power to have, which should be really easy, right? Because a smile goes such a long way. But we could, without even knowing it, have a, a, an impact that goes the other way. Yeah, for sure. Also true. Yeah. It's always nice to have you remind me of those bad things, too, Lisa. I'm always like, you might make someone, you might spark something that'll change the world and everything will be perfect and we'll live in a utopia. And then Lisa comes in and sets it all straight and makes sure that you know there are two sides. That's just what I do. Yeah. I want to I wanna get... I want to. I want to ask you about your morning meditations because you've been remarkably consistent at those. Yeah, and that's relatively new. Yeah, yeah. It was something I was doing um, very consistently before my head injury, and then um, yeah, and then I definitely lost lost track of it um, until recently. But it's um, it's like oh man, that makes me like tear up. It's crazy. Um, it's like. It's crazy the impact that just 20 minutes has on, um, has my, my entire day. Um, like it just, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like after, even after like two days, two days of like 20 minutes a day, it's like, just like so much lighter and I like, it's, that's probably my magic is like how, how powerful, um, meditation is. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I was like. Yeah, it's it's just a very it's like I'm I'm pretty new to it. Like I, I was doing it before my head injury, probably only for like a couple months, and um, yeah, it's ah, oh, it's just so powerful. I've been doing um this thing. It's actually a Sadhguru thing. Um, it's one of his like meditations for love. Um, and you just like sit with your your palms up and your eyes closed, and you just like conjure up like all the love that you can, like so just like all the happy thoughts and happy feelings. Um, and then you picture someone and you send it to them. Um, and like, so I did that with a few people. And then, um, on like my second or third day doing it, I was like, I was just having a hard day. And I was like, I'm going to send it to myself. And it was like, I was like flooded. Like my, my chest was like, like just, just like overflowing is like the only way I can describe that. Um, and it was, Ah, like everybody should give themselves that compassion. Um, like every day if you can, but like at least every now and then, um, cause like 
yeah, that goes just like so so far. It's ah, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that might be the coolest thing I've heard in a long time. Yeah. Ah, it's awesome. I recommend. <laughs> um, and it's like, if, if something that simple, like just, just to yourself, um, and I mean, like, uh, like I come out of that and I like can't stop smiling. Like a few times I've like cried. I'm so happy. Like it's, and if you can do that, it just takes like two minutes, take two minutes and, and do that to yourself and then do that to like those around you. It's like, again, with the like little impacts, like if you're, if you're like giving off that positive, like loving energy, like that, like can, that can change, like that can change, it can go so far. And so. <laughs> Universe gives it right back to you. Also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think that 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 universe potential right so we i talked about this with you the other day you were saying when you said you wanted to get in your you felt like you were in your rut i think is when we talked about it and i said well you can go to a full yoga class you just have to do it in your head now yeah i got mad at you (laughs) 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 but i think you know here i am right in a way i'm kind of doing this in a way i'm i'm definitely not right i'm not thinking about the challenges of uh really the world um and and i'm not i'm not putting myself in in that place and i'm thinking about all of the like opportunity of growth and release that's available but it's 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 easier but and and at the same time, I'm also like, oh, when it's when it's normal, right? When it's normal, when it's normal. So I'm like, I'm holding on to that idea of normal, of normalcy, and this desire to get back to this thing. When I could just be good, I could just be as happy as I want to be in this current experience, right? I'm just, I, I'm making that choice not to be. I'm making the choice not to be perfectly content and perfectly pleased and perfectly happy in the experience that I'm in right now. And most of us are probably doing that. I am for sure doing that. And when I'm in my busy mode, lots of tasks to go do mode. mode, go mode, I, I'm i a little bit in denial and I'm just kind of operating as if everything is normal yeah. or, or 10 weeks ago, if you will. But um, then inevitably... Throughout the day, the reality jumps back up, and and I choose in that moment to not be content, to not be accepting, yes. and and I think I convince myself that I'm accepting of it all when it's not seeming all that different, and then when the difference really shows up to me, then I'm... Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Huh. That... That's a good, that's a good insight. There's a good insight in there. Someone, someone's going to dig that out. That can be a, that's a life changer right there. Right. This is a great lesson. It's like, all right, we go to a thing and now we go to the grocery store and there's arrows about what direction we can walk. Upset about that. Perfectly content and say, wow, they mapped out the whole grocery store for me. And now I know how to travel. There is so much opportunity in this. And, and I think I might have said this to you a, a month or so ago 
when I was struggling a little bit and is that I know there's so much opportunity here and this should be a real test of of all of our you know ability to to rise to the occasion whatever our thoughts are on any of the changes or choices mm-hmm. that we're faced with but it's seeming a little hard <laughs> it is seeming a little hard yeah sometimes yeah we're choosing for it to be it must be absolutely <laughs> absolutely agree with that so we'll just have to make some different choices tomorrow I think that's a really good idea <laughs> Yeah, but I know, I mean, it, it's it's certainly not exclusively hard for us, right? I mean, everyone you talk to seems to be struggling in some way about something that has been pulled from their life. Whatever that one thing that was like their thing, the thing that they went to, for, most of those things are gone right now, and, and people seem to be suffering from that. And yeah. There is a great opportunity to raise the consciousness of, of human beings right now. And just, this is what things are right now. Let's, uh, let's enjoy this. Let's enjoy this in a different way. So I expect tomorrow that everybody's just going to be nice and happy and kind. Just like living in this utopia that I have always thought would exist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it might not. It might not. But that's what I'm expecting. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. may, may not be real. It may not be real, fair. but I'm, I can definitely expect it. <laughs> there is something in that, though, too. Uh, question-wise, there really, there really are kind of two ways to view, two extremes to view those things from. And most of us will towards one of those extreme edges either here are all of the worst possible things that could happen or here are all of the best possible things that can happen um, I think there's benefits to looking at both perspectives do you have a perspective that you most commonly come from because I almost always come from here's all the possible best things that could happen um, when I'm thinking about how, how things will turn out, only to, to be surprised when they don't always happen that way. <laughs> but I consistently do it that way, so. <laughs> I feel like um, I always offer whatever the opposing perspective is in any conversation. Yeah, you're good at that. So I can go either way. That's, that's probably the best skill to have. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think I, I don't know. I, I, I think depending on it, it's kind of like depending on when I'm having like a hard day, it'll go like the negative route. Um, but it, when I'm like in this, like in a good headspace, um, and like feel like me, then it's, it's a real easy, good, like looking for the good to come out kind of thing. But I think it depends. It like fluctuates with how I'm feeling. <laughs> I feel it's like. That sounds like a more more normal response. You guys probably have. We're just here to keep your reality in check. <laughs> Shoot. Shoot. Reality does a pretty good job of. It does. <laughs> <that way itself. laughs> 
I, can, I don't need to take on that responsibility. Yeah, pretty good at letting me know that things don't always work out perfectly. But then there's that timeline thing, right? Like, lots of stories related to this, but we always we always have like a desired outcome. And all, all of our things, there's always a desired outcome. And then when the desired outcome doesn't happen the way that we wanted it to, we're really upset. Five years down the road, we might look back at that desired outcome and be like, well, if that happened, all of these great things that happened to me wouldn't have happened. So we always take this perspective of, uh, shoot, the thing that I wanted to happen in the moment didn't happen. Now I'm upset about it and I want to go kick rocks. But Five years down the road, you might be releasing biodegradable non-helium balloons into the air, <laughs> celebrating the thing that happened five years yeah. ago. I think I think that's the case more times than not. I would agree. Yeah. Almost it's always. It's just really hard to see it. I think the experience that we're all living in right now, it's really hard to see. Probably harder of life's opportunity. But what are, what, so let's put on our, let's put on our, uh, Conan O'Brien, year 2000 glasses. In the, In the year 2000. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some people are going to find that really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we look five years in the future. All the way to the future. The year 2000. <laughs> go with it, Lisa. Just go with it. We'll show you later. What are we going to look back on and think, man, I'm super glad that happened. Right now? Yeah, right now. Why are we going to look back at this time? And, whoo, that was great. Well, I mentioned I thought it was harder to, to find that. So I, yeah, that's uh, why I started with you. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would hope I would hope that we get enough perspective to to realize um, a little more sometimes we need some of these really hard experiences to realize what really truly does matter what really true does make us happy what we need versus what we want and how uh, it takes so little to be happy it, it takes so little. And so I, I would hope if we can find that now, that we can hang on to that for a long time to come or that it'll, it'll help at least. That's a good one. That's a good answer. That's a good one. We're not going to top that one. <laughs> Shoot. I think it really, at that, that point, though, that how little it takes us to be happy is, I mean, it takes nothing. We, uh, we just... No matter how many times we learn the lesson, that next thing we buy is going to for sure be the thing. No matter like how many times that hasn't happened. And it's not happened infinite amount of times. And I know it hasn't happened because you're still buying the next thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but we just always are like, no, 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 no. The next thing. That's the thing. <laughs> and if we can... Ch- if we, I mean, think about if you can check out of that completely, right? You realize that, oh, the things I buy aren't real. And they usually don't even make your life that much easier is the no, most remarkable thing. sometimes the opposite. Sometimes the opposite. I mean, 
yeah, we've all bought things that were like, oh, this is going to just change my life. It's going to be so much easier. And then down the road, you're like, I can't even keep up with the amount of work that this thing that was going to make my life easier requires of me. (laughs) This is useless. Let me just put it in this pile because I won't get rid of it. Exactly. (laughs) It was ridiculously expensive. And it's not even, it's not even just things we buy, right? So, like, I can't even imagine how many people right now are like, ugh, well, when I get back to my normal life, I'll be happy. It's that, like, yeah. yeah. The next thing. It's that, yeah, it's, yeah. Why not now? Yeah. Why not now? Why not now? All right, let's be happy now, then. (laughs) (laughs) But it is that easy. It is that easy, yeah. It's a remarkable, we have the choice to do anything. Always other choices. Yes. Always second choice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, okay. Let's let me let me give you guys just a couple last questions. When during this time, let's say, what is the most beneficial thing you've seen anybody publicly, privately? I think it's an interesting question because the the like big push is like stay away from people, right? So somebody could make an argument that the best thing somebody did is lock themselves in their bedroom and never leave it for forty five days. And I guarantee you, there are people that are do. You could make an argument that that's the best thing you can do right now. I feel like right now, this is my perspective thing coming out again. <laughs> I feel like right now, almost every person that you would talk to feels like they're doing the mm-hmm. best and the right thing, yet we're all doing yeah. of whatever that thing is. And so for me, social media has been a scary and a somewhat hostile and meager attempts at, at kindness by people that tend to get overshadowed by the, the crazy but I, so I think the most beneficial thing that a person and respectful to the other people that are walking this path um, that may have a slightly different do their thing. You got anything? I, I think just like the, when you see people who, I mean, I feel like we've touched on this now so many times already in this podcast, but like just the, when you see those little people who are like, just like trying to find some, who are just trying to be peaceful and just trying to be themselves like despite the crazy um you know like the just the people who aren't like outwardly freaking out and like sharing sharing that aspect of themselves with everybody but rather the people who are like smile who are still smiling at you even if you like cough you know like just the people who are yeah just being themselves rather than feeding into all the the fear and the negative side of things i think it's interesting because like my my typical follow-up question or somewhat question which i'm not going to ask you guys what's the worst or what's the most detrimental thing right so i always ask what's the best thing people do what's the most detrimental and i think what's really interesting about it to me is i think i could make the same argument about the person who locked themselves in their bedroom that you can make an argument is the best possible thing you could do i'm not saying it is i'm just saying you could make that argument you guys had better answers but, but you could also make the argument that's the worst possible thing you could do is just lock yourself in a bedroom and uh, prevent your participation. 
within society. So I think that those are, I think it's, I think it's an interesting time when you could make the argument that the best possible thing and the worst possible thing could be the same person. I think that's absolutely what's, what's happening. Yeah, but that is what, I mean, yeah, that is public discourse right now is that there are essentially not that many camps and they, they have very opposing ideas of what should uh, be done. And that is... And yet, if you look at the practical uh, application of either camp, they're not too terribly different from each other yeah. in most cases. It's true. Like, like always. About 90% overlap and 10% variance. But you got to fight over that 10%. Right. <laughs> Prevent the 90% and fight over the 10 Right. Yeah. Um, okay. What is... What has been the most frequent meal of the last 40-ish days? Quesadilla. <laughs> With a little influence, probably. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Caesar salads have been a big it's one, true. though, too. You're just doing five-course meals every day, and they're always different. <laughs> <laughs> no, my days are pretty, they're pretty different. They're pretty different. I don't have a, I don't have a routine. My routine has been uh, mythical coffee and sourdough bread on the weekends. I don't have a weekday. I don't have a... Well, I mean, mythical coffee and sourdough bread are yeah. pretty hard to mess with. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely, definitely a happy, soul-nourishing food. Yeah. Bread is like a really interesting... For a while, Darby got into baking bread. And there's something, you know, that you look back at the history of bread and bread has been like such an important part of humans' diets, possibly pre-cultivation of crops. Like bread goes back a really long ways and you, you see how like nourishing a loaf of, of really fresh baked bread could be bread from noble right yeah, it's like it's just incredible and bread's a cool thing bread's such an overlooked thing i i again right my parents would always be like oh you're gonna do great in prison because all you eat is bread and <laughs> water yeah and yeah i mean <laughs> you're right <laughs> i'm prepping myself <laughs> Bread and water. A lot of humans have lived off bread and water. I have a a childhood memory of living in Northern California, and a neighbor was babysitting my sisters and I, and she gave us our afternoon snack, and it was bread and butter and water. And I cried and (laughs) cried and cried. And now if you gave me bread and butter and water, I would be the happiest person. Oh. All right. Do you have any questions for me? Harvey? <laughs> oh. Um, well, I have lots, Patrick, but I have so many that we'll have to just save them. But how about um how about this? This is this is going to be uh a little bit of 
an opportunity for you to do what you do so well and what you haven't had much of an opportunity to do in person lately. But so I'm going to tell you that, you know, in, in my experience, um, you know, you're, I think, as you know, a pretty, a pretty key, pretty cherished part of, of my life. And one of the things that you do is you show up every single day and you, you basically brighten the world around you with a pretty big, fabulous smile and a very contagious laugh. And uh, so even if you're not having a direct series with anybody, this is, this is what you're doing and making a giant difference in that way. You're still doing that every day, even now, <laughs> just not face-to-face, right? So, so what inspires that? Um, I don't know. I don't know that there's something there's always been something in me about me that has just uh, wanted to support the people around me and that like base of people has that base of people around me has grown with vitality and as that base of people around me has grown there's just been you know there's there's one of me um to finding ways to keep expanding with that group has been both amazingly challenging and amazingly rewarding, right? It's just every time I get to the point where I feel like I can't expand anymore, something happens where you just have to. Well, you stopped expanding, so... We're going to drop a meteor in your life and figure out how to deal with this. Um, And they're really, right, there's there's kind of two ways you can deal with that. You can either run away or you can grow and deal with it. So I have found that most of the time when I'm overwhelmed with challenges, they really end up being the best possible times for me you innovate you create you expand and then you're you're just bigger and you never like contract that's the interesting thing about expanding as a human you you don't like grow out to be this huge capacity of a human and then go back down and shrink down you just seem to maintain your capacity and that becomes the new normal so it's like every time that every time that one of those bombs gets dropped in your life it's just I don't I don't I don't know it just I've never felt like I had any other choice than to expand so keep trying that we'll keep doing it until mm-hmm. the balloon pops <laughs> <laughs> balloon's not gonna pop <laughs> well eventually the balloon has to pop yeah I know you tell us about that all the time <laughs> yeah I think that, yeah, the balloon's going to pop. It is. It's important to remember that. It is very (laughs) important, but that's also a whole other podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. Happy podcasting. Debuts. Debuts. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Patrick.